Hello, and welcome back to 16 Candle Keeps. This is ridiculous that we're here already. We we should have been, if my plans had gone to plan, uh, dealing with Ithrin and other things at this point, right? But uh, campaign two! Woo! Hello, everyone. How are we Hello. all? How are we all? We're good. How are you, Steve? <laughs> I am fine, thank you. Um, just brain adult, as you're about to learn why, and also, I've said this in nearly every prologue, I'm shitting myself, <laughs> because I'm now putting my money where my mouth is, because we're doing a homebrew world, and I can't lean on the oh, come on, Wizard the Coast, this world could have been better, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, there's a ticket. Are you okay, Steve? I am. <laughs> Remember that D&D um, &D is a friend sitting down and giving a counselling session to his friends or her friends as the DM is normally the counsellor. In this campaign, it's the other way around. <laughs> right. Oh, Lord help you if Bellaria is your counsellor. I mean, wait till you see what I've got. <laughs> I've got planned. I, I may have had a mental break whilst writing this. Um, anyway. Okay. Let's you made a 2p machine, like, of course you had a mental break. Yeah, the the ladies have not had the joy yet of listening to Elgnib's uh, prologue, but um, we spent oh, some time in the casino playing uh, playing some card and dice games. Um, I lost a lot of money to a 2p machine, which is very no! reminiscent of real life. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. machines. Um, there is another thing that I was really excited for the other day, and then I went, actually, no, I'm going to save that for later in the campaign, because then I can add other ones. And when I say the two words that I think is going to trigger a reason that the campaign goes off off skew, um, I'm going to see how you free react, and then go, oh, actually, I was wrong, or, great, I need to write a new campaign. <laughs> but yes, uh, speaking of campaigns and things, and when we start, and all that, yeah, um, we are coming out to you, dear listener, you already know this, um, because you sit with bated breath on Wednesdays at 2.43, waiting for that uh, release. Um, that Jade never does at 2.43, yeah. I mean, it goes out on the SoundCloud, at least. I'm not <laughs> shitting on anyone, because I then tweet the day after as well, so we yeah. none of us do it. At, the only one of us who does it because it's programmed to do it is 2.43 on the... <laughs> <laughs> on the SoundCloud because I lo load it up the week before and go yeah play it 243 they'll know it comes out at the, the Back to the Future reference <laughs> great well done anyway the rest of us and like SoundCloud have jobs um, <laughs> anyway um, but yes it's this is coming out on the 22nd of September um. are there any things that people want to shout out promise in advance or just generally like to talk about briefly before we jump into this madness I need my podcast people to hold me accountable for my uni deadline. <laughs> <laughs> Do that. Which deadline is around now? <laughs> yeah, my first my first deadline is actually the 12th of November, but um, this year being my final year of my master's, I've actually got to write a couple of letters to publishers. On the 22nd, um, or um. that week of, as you listen to this episode or view this episode on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv forward slash bingo bang bang, the Bingo Bang Bang, or YouTube on the Bingo Bang Bang's channel. Um, you can uh, you can you can comment or tweet us however you want to do, uh, saying Jade or go to her Twitter because I know it comes up on the videos every now and then. Go yes. to her Twitter and at her and be like, you better have done something, otherwise I'm I'm unsubscribing. And then it's Jade's fault if we have no viewers. Um, oh, wow, that's <laughs> pressure. No, at the very least, I would like to have some some semblance of a plan for my <laughs> first assignment. <laughs> Um, yeah, because at the moment I have no stories or characters. Excellent. That is okay. a, that is the perfect place to start. You don't need any of those until at least two weeks before the deadline. Right? <laughs> don't stress about it yet. <laughs> like, some of the best stuff is written like ten minutes before the deadline. Um, exactly. Because when you add pressure, you get diamonds. Or you break things, yes. but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, any other announcements or things that people want to chat about? Um, I will say one thing that that's technically relevant. Um, sure. After we did D and Day a few weeks ago um, to raise money for the Loros Hospice, um, it has been decided that my trip to Peru has been moved to 2022 
um, in May to I made the decision to move it um, because at the minute Peru is still on the red list for travel and I don't want the uncertainty because it was I'm supposed to be going in two months time I just felt it was a bit soon Gosh, is it really that close yeah <laughs> Um, I just know you've made the right choice then. So yeah, it's now in May. So um, thank you if you if you donated money. It was still obviously going to the hospice. It's just that the actual challenge has been moved to next year instead. So I just wanted to to say that in case any of the people who donated are currently listening to this. That's cool. Um, and it's obviously, in May. the fact just the fact you're still it. doing it means that uh, Alaria has disadvantage on everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm being so bitchy today. I'm so sorry. I don't know what's wrong with you today. <laughs> I don't need disadvantage on everything. My rolls are bad enough. My, my, I don't know <laughs> if it's campaign two DM or if it's just... Like, I've never got to... No, I have got to campaign two with a group. I was going to say, maybe it's just that, you know, that uh, six drink Amy in uh, in Brooklyn yes. Nine-Nine. Maybe this yes. is this is two campaign Steve. Like, the second no. one, he gets really bitchy. <laughs> I don't want to see... I don't want to see four campaign Steve. It's like, please give me a... Bastard. <laughs> we start level one with a beholder because he was being, no. in air quotes, nice. Anyway. Um, no, we don't. <laughs> anyway. Um, any of her for any of her or any more for any more? Go okay. check in with the Bingle Bang Man corner just in case. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, so there will be some kind of streams around this time, I'm sure. I don't fully know what they are, um, as discussed in the last prologue episode. Um, uh, we hit 151 followers, so we're doing some Pokemon fun times on the channel for that. Um, yeah, I think, I think I'm going back to No Man's Sky. They did an update on that where mm. they've added like settlements. So hmm. uh, I, I can I can claim settlement somewhere in oh. space, and uh, I can you know <clears throat> lead my people to salvation or ruin them. We'll we'll find out, and it'll totally be fun. Hey, love it, love it. Um, and speaking of uh, of of things of Bingle Bang Bang, um, if you fancy, if you got like a five minute, and you're like, I need something to distract myself for five minutes, um, I believe you can go over to Magic Toast. Or Toasted Magic? Toasted Magic, that's the one. Toastedmagic.com. I've been doing blogs. Um, mm. I'm trying to help people um, to learn different elements about card games. That maybe maybe you hear me talking about Pokemon or you hear me talking about Digimon and you go, Do you know what? I like it. I like the sound of it. I want to I wanna get involved. And uh, yeah, I want to I wanna see how that goes. I've, I've tried to make them as intro friendly as possible but also getting like competitive information in there for people who are more used to the games i learned yes. about digimon memory stuff yesterday it was very nice anyway um, <laughs> so yeah you can learn just as well as i can um anyway um you can do it too we can do let's 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 cut this 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 banter down and go and jump into the thing that uh i've been putting off for at least a month now <laughs> As I open up campaign two doc um, or doc dot x or doc x words, um, and uh, that actor with the name I can't say comes out and says hello, Peter. Um, uh, Alfred Molina. There you go, Molina. Yes. I don't know why I always hello, it's him. Peter. It's him and Joe. <laughs> Joe is it Joe Ma Magli Magli Joe Manganello. See, <laughs> I can say actors' names: Molina and Magnello. Magna Manganello. I'm just gonna cut that. A wonderful man. <laughs> he is. I love him dearly, and I love like I've I've seen so much about his underground or not underground his basement game with the Big Show and fucking Tom Morello, and I'm like I want in. That's amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, um, yes, um, I love both of them dearly. They're both brilliant people uh, and brilliant actors and everything else they do. But. Um, as of this recording, before any other allegations might come out later, I don't know. I won't sign myself to that. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I don't know anything either. Don't think wow. about. 
<laughs> if in 20 years time you come back to this episode and you're like, well, Steve loved him. Um, anyway, anyway, jumping back out of my awkwardness into <laughs> campaign two. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm losing my mind. Here we go. Right. Yay. I'm going to do a little bit of reading stuff. There's going to be a lot of me talking today because of the exposition. Um, in the words of uh, of, uh, of Dennis Reynolds, you know, why why would they leave the table? You know, because of the exposition. Um, anyway, interesting <laughs> that you went to Dennis Reynolds and I went to Basil Expedition from Austin Powers <laughs> in two very different directions. I was going with the awkward reference of you know because of the because <laughs> of the implication. Anyway, um, yes. anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> Steve's nervous. Um, anyway. So. Steve, before you start then, oh, you know what you're about to read out. Yeah. Can we can we get copies of it so I can use it for my notes instead of trying to scribble notes based on oh what you're Oh my god. Saying? Are you expecting me to be posting things up on the internet where you can find like DMs notes after sessions? Because that sounds <laughs> yeah. like a great idea. Let's do that. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, I'll I'll share this stuff with you guys. Anyway, and you guys can find more on our website. Anyway, um Anyway. So Laying in the tumultuous greyish-blue waters that cover most of the plain are a collection of isles varying in size, the largest of which, looking like a huge stony heart left behind by some long-forgotten titan, is where our story begins. The continent of Bauerheath is a miasma of cultures and habitats. At the centre, the Spineshill Mountain. To the northeast, the Darkwood and its dangerous creatures. To the northwest, just as deadly, gives home to the Carrion Desert. To the south, the more traveller-friendly Glayfair Forest and Dusk Mines, as well as the Barrowlands in which we will be spending at least our starting moments. But we can learn more of geography later as stories are fickle and brief. We pick up our story on the 45th of Spring, 62 Dawn's Light. Although normally quite sunny and warm, the 41st of spring was dramatically cold and stormy. Some have speculated that a certain mage had a hand in this, but we must avoid further tangents. It was, the, it was with great sadness that the plain of Cordelia laid famed barbarian Moonbreaker to rest for the final time. A quick history lesson for our, for our listeners and viewers, and also our players, the Plain of Cordelia was created after the world's first adventuring party, the World Splitters, fought down a terrible evil in another plane. After their leader of the party was ascended to deity status and received this plane in payment for his service, the rest of the party joined his lands to keep them safe in his honour. Moonbreaker was the barbarian of the party and one of the two surviving members of the party to this day. At his funeral, the now sole survivor, Brendelwick Gall, the wizard lich, gave a cryptic invitation to the entire free folk of Cordelia to join him at the World Splitter's old headquarters, Caradoon Hall, if they believed themselves brave and or strong enough to become World Splitters themselves. This is where we will be meeting our free heroes once again, or for the first time for those that haven't had the pleasure of our prologues. It is late afternoon on the 45th of spring. A large campsite has emerged around the grounds of Caradoon Hall. Mercenaries and swords, rogues and rangers, spellcasters and martialists alike are congregating in the verdant greens of the castle. In the midst of all of these we learn of three new adventurers. So in your own time, I won't force anyone unless there's a long pause. <laughs> Who would like to go first in inviting us to learn of their character? Hi. My character's Ian. <laughs> um, Ian is a dragonborn paladin. Um, he's 19 years old. He's a white dragonborn um, and tends to dress in... Um, big fan of cravats and coats with tails that sort of thing i'm not sure why i just i just like the way it looks um so he's 19 he's fresh out of education and he's just started um on the paladin path 
doesn't know yet which paladin oath he's going to take. He seems to be veering towards pacifism. Um, but being a paladin was his way of getting out, seeing the world and experiencing life and trying to make some sort of difference. Um, so he's very he's very innocent in terms of life experience as well as just, just generally innocent. Um, looks fairly intimidating because he's a white dragonborn, but he's very nice, very friendly, um, and is just on a quest to learn more. Go, that is Ian. And just because, you know, you have dragged along an NPC already, who would be with you? With Ian uh, is a construct called Dizzy. How do I describe Dizzy? Um, you imagine... See, I imagine a robot wearing a cowboy hat. Yep. I think we imagine slightly different things. But Dizzy... Um. After a previous tiny mission as part of his pacifism um, learnings, Ian somehow acquired Dizzy, who will now follow him around. Um, yeah, Steve, you're probably better placed to introduce... Dizzy no, as a construct, you better. No, that's fine. So, um, for anyone who were viewing um, Ian as he entered the uh, the campsite, they would also see, following behind him, about two foot taller, what looks like someone has cast an enlarged spell on a half-orc. Um, however, the half-orc's skin looks to be made of uh, metal, uh, has all clothing that is being worn over the, uh, the warforged body, is in the usual clothing style, so uh, has a duster jacket, a waistcoat underneath, uh, adventuring trousers, boots, um, has a metallic moustache that has been uh, welded onto his face, and uh, in a Tom Selleck fashion, and a cowboy hat that is welded onto his head. Um, there is, uh, every time his waistcoat moves, uh, there is a flash of a sheriff's badge that has been welded onto his chest plate. Um, and has a large uh, greatsword on his back. Um, for all intents and purposes, it looks like someone's kind of coated a half-orc in a load of uh, aluminium and then let him off to go play dress-up. Um, but that's Ian and his uh, his companion, Dizzy. Lovely. Who's next? I'll go next. Um yes. It, like Emma, I'm not going to do this in character, and as soon as you meet her, you'll understand why. <laughs> um, so I'm playing a, um, a pixie called Ilaria. Um, she, oh gosh, how how old did I actually say she was in the I think end? She was twelve. I was going to say twelve yeah. rings a bell. Yeah, so a twelve-year-old little uh, pixie druid. She, uh, as Adam kindly pointed out to me. <laughs> The uh, by pride flag colours. Um, that wasn't intentional, but I love it, so I'm keeping it now. Um, so yeah, she is five and a half inches tall. She is small. Um, she has hazel brown eyes. She has a little. And it's not little actually. It takes over half her face. But she has a birthmark across um, the right hand side of her face. She's got purple, blue, pink hair, because she's awesome. She looks like flowers. Um, she is obsessed with stars. <laughs> she's Aww. very adventurous. She's very keen to just get outside of Glayfair. Um, she is that typical, for our English listeners, that typical year six just going into year seven so big fish little pond and is about to get very overwhelmed by everything Aww. she meets um <laughs> she's very excitable though so yeah if we ever have some dark characters <laughs> she'll be the she'll be the light in your sky <laughs> they already hate me sorry <laughs> um but yeah she's she's all blue and pink her wings are iridescently pink And um, yes, so I will be playing a high elf bard by the name of Elgnip Iadalsine. Um 
he is also uh, a, a lover of, you know, tailcoats and cravats. Um, so we've got a couple of sharp yes! food. Um, yeah. Yep. He's he's there wearing his uh, his blue attire with the uh, very bright red gloves, boots, and cravat, um, silver hair, and most of the time he will be um, either flipping a coin or shuffling cards. Uh, the man is a gamer. He he enjoys playing games um, just to test wits with people. Um, he does have a weapon. Cool. He 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 has a rapier at his side. That it's more for show than anything else, and also because he may end up gambling in some less than reputable places. Um, but yeah, he's about he's he's in his like four hundreds. Um, so, you know, he's, he's... Wow, that's so oh, old. Yep. Well, it's about yeah. middle-aged for a, for a high elf. Um... <laughs> you got me at 12. Yeah, next to the 12 <laughs> and 19-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm the granddad of the group then, I mean, I if, guess. if you two ladies want to feel older, um, Dizzy is a technically a day and a half old. Um, so... No, he'd be three and a half days old. Yeah. <laughs> also... Can I just say how much I like? I'm I'm sorry, but in your prologue, you got a freaking cowboy robot, and I got a key ring <laughs> from your two P machine. From a two P machine, yeah, was a key ring, but still, I got a new friend. Wow, I I immediately lost him, but I've got a new friend. <laughs> Liam, you got a new friend too. It's I mean, just okay, that yeah, she's we busy. Talk about my new friend. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be fine. Got no issues with my friend. No. Your friend is my favourite of the three. Um, anyway, um, oh, but Rollo is so cute. Oh yeah, no, I love Rollo, and Rollo's going to be brilliant later in the campaign um, when oh, he appears no. because he's totally going to appear and ruin things. And I love of him. Of course he is. Because he's basically he's in. If we were to turn this into a uh, a Shakespeare play, he's the fool. Um, anyway, yeah. and that makes Dizzy Gloucester. Um, anyway, <laughs> oops, spoilers for that bit later. Um, anyway, um, if you don't know that reference, I apologise, and please go off and watch um, King Lear. Um, anyway, uh, right, so. For each of you, you have arrived in your own ways. Uh, one of you has been dropped in by magical means by a, a lady at the top of a large tree in the secluded areas of a forest. One of you has arrived by airship after uh, recently dealing with their uh, their unfortunate uh, rites of passage in paladin life. And the other has rode down after uh, spending some time... Uh, not enjoying the, the the turn of events in his local city. Um, that's all I'll give for each of you. Uh, so it, there's no expectation for you to bump into each other. There's no expectation for you to do anything specifically here. But I will invite, as you currently are in this kind of like large camp area, there's about a hundred or so people that have set up tents and bedrolls and such. And there's campfires that have gone around setting up food. Is there anything that anyone would like to do or anything you'd like to explore while you're currently here? I mean, I'm not going to lie, Ilaria would immediately set out looking for Rollo. Okay, excellent. Do you want to make... Not uh, saying he would be there, but oh, she no. would look for him. <laughs> no, that's fine. The last thing that you heard about Rollo was that he was in the Carrion Desert, according to uh, the lady that you spoke with. But oh, she, uh, But she also explained that... Um, time work differently in the loom uh, for those that don't know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about please go back and listen listen to Alaria's prologue <laughs> there was so much set... information in there guys we'll, we'll set, set up more world bluster <laughs> from that later into the game when it becomes more relevant um, but because it's already out there and you've probably listened already you know what we're talking about um, anyway um, <laughs> but yes for yourself, uh, you were told that time worked differently in the loom, so maybe he could be here, and uh, uh, it's just that he's gone off and done his missions, and 
now you're in the same starting place, so you start looking around. Do you want to make an investigation check for me? Yeah, first roll! First roll of the Aye. campaign! Bet you this is going to be rubbish. Going to go in your bin. Ooh, 14. 14. Well Excellent. Um, you start to wander around. Um, you spot one or two dragonborn, but none of them seem to match the same description of Rollo as you remember him with the uh, the blue scales, but with the, the feathers as uh, hair at the top of his head in the kind of plumes of oranges and reds and uh, you can't you do see one blue dragonborn but doesn't have the same kind of des description and also is a lot mm. bigger it's quite a rotund looking dragonborn um you also at one point will notice a white dragonborn wandering around with a large construct behind them um just because we're mentioning dragonborns um, I, I thought it was a good way of getting it in it's <laughs> <laughs> um, uh -huh. like nice. I planned this. I didn't. But you, but you can't. As as you spend a good 10, 15 minutes zipping around the uh, the campsite, not really paying too much attention to anything other than looking for Rollo, you don't see any sign of him. Um, anything that anyone else would like to do? Um, mostly find a quieter place to sort of. It and just observe for a while. That's cool. You, uh, you, you'd probably head over towards the more of the outskirts of the camp. It seems to be the hustle and bustle is in the centre, where uh, people are just kind of congregating, telling yeah. stories, uh, kind of sharing yeah. in old war wounds and such like that. Um, as there seems to be, everyone knows that today is the day they're meant to be here. Uh, they just don't yeah. know what time it's going to happen or when this thing is going to happen. Exactly. Um, I just kind of want to go and wait somewhere. Okay. Yeah, wait and see what happens next. Okay, so you just find yourself a small area off near the edge of the, the campsite and grab a stool and just sit down. Excellent. Um, check in. Algnib, is there anything you'd like to be doing or are you just enjoying the view as well? Um, ignoring every single other person that's there and trying to find someone <laughs> who's in charge to pass on a message. <clears throat> okay, excellent. Um, oh, he means business. For yourself, nice. then, um, I'd go, it'd be less an investigation check. I think it's quite obvious once you've focused in and you start looking around. Uh, you find that every now and then, um, as you walk through the crowds, there are, as, as has already been said, there's loads of different uh, kind of cell swords and mercenaries, but you notice that there are almost like steward-like uh, members that are stood in plain sight. They are wearing the same colours as uh, as Brendel Wickwood in the reds and oranges and uh, pinks uh, in robes. They look to be quite official-looking. Um, you walk up to one who's a human with grey hair, look, looks fairly tired, but is just standing about five foot so, um, just watching the, the people around and just arms crossed, almost like a bouncer at a door sort of thing. Um, if you would like to have a conversation with them, by all means do. Or if you want to message me privately, if you want to pass a secret message, by all means do that as well. I mean, it's it's nothing secret, so I'm I'm, I'm cool to just uh, have the conversation. Yeah, go for it. So you approach and go for Um, So I have uh, been given information which seems somewhat important uh, about the nature of events to come. Uh, we really should have this passed on to your boss. Are they available at all? Um, I'm really sorry. No, not right now. He's um, he's in the middle of setting up the uh, setting up the event and it'll be happening in a couple of minutes. So um, I can, if you want me to take the message and I'll pass it along, uh, and it'll get, I'll literally leave right now after you tell me. Go tell him as best as I can, as soon as I have it, he'll have it, sort of thing. Uh, tell me, are you familiar with the adage that everything that a beholder dreams of becomes reality? I've heard of it, it sounds... Yeah, I've heard... Why, what, is there a beholder about, or...? Uh, one of my acquaintances uh, recently informed me of some of their dreams, and... Uh, Elgnip will begin to uh, just sketch out an image onto a uh, piece of parchment of a hand holding an eye. Okay. And will uh, show it to this person. 
Uh, are you aware of what this means? Uh, he looks at it and goes, uh, "Sorry, lad, doesn't mean doesn't recognize anything in my head. No." As I thought, completely above your pay grade, I would suggest that you hand this to your boss. Tell them Elgnib Ayadalsin will be here for him whenever he is available. Okay, and he takes the parchment and immediately starts to walk towards the hall. I just can't get good help these days. Damn these humans! <laughs> Lovely. Um, as he wanders off and you uh, start to integrate back into the the, the swarm of people, um, we will pick up with the next part of the prologue reading. Um, not the prologue reading, the, the exposition reading. Um, scroll to page hey. two. Um, so, around 2.43, wink, the doors on one of the balconies <laughs> overlooking the camp opens to reveal the pink and red robed lich that people immediately recognize. An arcane hologram of the lich's image appears above him, magnified for those that can't see from the back. His voice, amplified by his wand, booms across the fields and disturbs birds in the nearby trees. Good afternoon, and welcome to Caradun Hall. Firstly, thank you for your time and your expense. I know firsthand that the life of an adventurer can be as costly in emotion as it can be in coin. Which is what I intend to offer you all today. My challenge to you all is simple. For those that are not up to it, there will be a brief window of opportunity for you to leave. But if you are, if you are weary and ready for this acceptance, listen on. In the window, if you do accept, I will need you to go to your bedroll and lie as comfortably as possible. I am going to charm you all. In the arcane sense, of course. I've already done that socially. <laughs> you will feel the charm. <laughs> Ian laughs loudly and really <laughs> Just the silence. And then you just hear at the back. <laughs> Just assuming other people would also laugh at this. Nobody else so around. <laughs> Nobody else in the crowd laughs. Even Dizzy looks at you like, the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Back to my impressive reading. Um, anyway, um, no, it's fine. I love it. No, it's perfect. Um, this is why the plays are here. Otherwise, it's just me reading an audiobook. Um, anyway, so... You will feel the charm lull you to sleep, and when you awake, you will be in a new, a new location. Don't be alarmed. This is the intention of my spell. You will awake in Nomadia, an arcane copy of Cordelia in which I have set a plethora of quests and monsters for you to face. In Nomadia, all of the world splitters died at the Battle of Tharsden, and as such, has no defense against these monsters. They will need a party to stand for them. If you have no party, there will be a chance to acquire one. The point of all this is simple. For the first party to vanquish the large evil I have placed in Nomadia, or the group who withstands it the longest if it comes to a draw, I will hand over the deeds of Caradun Hall and the role of the world splitters in this version of Cordelia. You will become heroes of the realm. I merely ask you to prove yourselves worthy. I will not warn you of what is to come, but I will warn that you don't want to face the great evil head on. But then again, I am not the leader of your party. Your choices are your own. Are you in agreement? Then to your bedrolls. If not for you, now is the time to leave. I assume everyone goes to a bedroll? I am very evil part of me that just wants to say no. I mean, you say no, this makes this campaign even more funny. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, no, I, uh, she, would, she would hunker down. Okay. Yep, likewise. 
And just for confirmation, so I'm not forcing anything, Algnip, do you lie down? <laughs> I'm still waiting for my <laughs> meeting. <laughs> so you're still in the vicinity, is what I hear. I am. I'm gonna get <laughs> I will reluctantly sit. <laughs> Excellent, you sit. I love him already. <laughs> it's gonna be even funnier. <laughs> because you have sat and you're being good. <laughs> but you don't know what's about to happen. <laughs> anyway. So. Scared. So. Once each of those willing has got themselves down and those unwilling have had a chance to grab their packs and retreat, a pregnant pause hangs over the camp. Up on the balcony, Brendelwick, under what can, can constitute a lich's breath, makes a small prayer before pulling a filigree lantern into existence in front of him. A gasp from those that can see this causes those that cannot fight curiosity to look up. Those in the know recognise Brendelwick's phylactery from all the stories about him. With a vicious swipe with his hand, the lantern shatters into hundreds of thousands of tiny crystalline shards and time seems to stop as a grinding noise wreaks havoc across the plain of Cordelia. For each of you, your eyelids grow heavy more concerting, disconcerting, excuse me, for our two members who are immune to magical sleep, is that even your eyes start to fall heavy. But you, you start to fight off the sensation of falling asleep, not really sure what's going on. And one by one, those that are in a less comfortable position, say, sat on a stool, fall to the ground in a heavy slumber. Back on the balcony, we see Brendelwick's shoulders sag as a deep sense of grief washes over him. He returns into the luxuriously furnished library behind him to a war table in the centre of the room. On it, a tiny diorama of Cordelia spreads out across the surface. A pinkish-red, similar to Gull's robes, floats above the location of Caradoon Hall. I hope at least one of you proves yourself strong enough, he says to the room at large. He looks towards the Pirate Isles to the east, known as the Pendle Run, and raises his finger to his temple to start slowly massaging away a headache that seems to have been there for centuries. A large orb of black energy with four broken chains hanging from it and one lacerating the ball of light floats above the aisles. At this point I'm going to edit what I've written for the, uh, the intro. As the door opens and a familiar for our audience member of Brendelwick's team walks in asking a piece of parchment and suggesting that there is an Elknib Iadelsai, here to yep. speak with you. It's alright, he doesn't know how to say fancy words. Um, <laughs> I googled that yesterday and learnt of what it may, means in Elvish, and proud of you. He's a giant <laughs> nerd, right? Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> he, holds the, he holds the parchment up, and a moment of relief crosses Brendawick's face. For each of you, you now awake to the sounds of a lilting Irish tone that you, Elgnib, recognise immediately. For the other two and our audience, as each of you come to in your own time, your vision seems to be blurred. Everything seems to be hard-edged and almost pixelated. The campsite sprawls around you as it did before, and as you take in the sight of folk cleaning the debris of the masses that had apparently been in God, excuse me, you notice the origin of the voice that woke you. A loudly dressed peacock of a gnome stands looking over you, searing reds hemmed with aged gold roping and an overly large brimmed fedora with a phoenix feather jutting out of the brim, the outfit screams bardic origins. Algnib, you know this to be old Bialy. He has, on several occasions, tried to take you under his wing as he's an aspiring promoter of local talents. Uh. 
Behind him, Caradoon Hall appears to have shrunk by a wing or so, but seems to have grown several new extremities, each in very clashing alien fashions. Bialy is a brown-haired, bulbous-nosed gnome with liver spots dappling his rosy cheeks as he gestures for each of you in your locations that you may have sat down in the camp and be seem to be the only people st still in the camp area. Uh, he gestures back towards this large dome structure uh, in front of the uh, the hall and asks you to follow. All three of us. Ah, yes. So there's an interesting moment where, as he looks around, um, this is where this bit comes in, because I made a thing here, and then I learnt about D&D &D mechanics. I didn't change it in my write-up, apparently. Ian, you, you look to where Dizzy was after you hear all three of you are to follow, and Dizzy isn't sat in place. A few seconds pass, and then a weird kind of like grinding metallic sound starts to echo from right next to you as like blinking into existence, almost like a, a sprite being put into a game, or like like sort of almost like carbon dating into real life. There's a weird moment where Dizzy starts to fade into existence right next to you looks towards you, puts his thumb up, and then looks around the place that he is. Okay, I'm going to put my thumb up back, but very much in a... This is weird. Well, that's fucking weird, yeah. Um, old Bialy, the uh, the gnome, looks and goes, Well, we're not meant to be having any constructs, because, um, you know, they're, um, the charm doesn't work on things like constructs and undead. Warforged. Ah, right, I see. That's... Nope, I don't understand it either. But okay, um, I'm assuming he has a soul or something like that. Because, you know, constructs don't. Um, hello all, and welcome to uh, Nomadia. Welcome to the Heroes Guild. Gestures behind him towards the uh, the, uh, the the buildings. And hello, Algnib, how you been? You doing well? Hey, hey, hey. Get up, lads, you look like you're gonna... your, your jacket's going to get dirty. I see you've managed to find some work in whatever chaos this is. Hey, you know, gotta make yourself useful somehow, hey? Um, anyway, um, welcome everyone to Nomadia. Um, if we can walk and talk, it'd make it a bit quicker, because we've still got the last of the lone sharks in the, uh, not lone sharks, uh, the lone wolves, the lone rangers, the singletons, the, um, you lot. We've got you lot in the, the, in the mission room, and, um, you can catch up with them and see if you want to make a party with any of them, or, you know, you can ignore them and tell them to sling their hook anyway. There was a bit of a bawdy one who seemed to be taking lead anyway, so he might have been doing things in there whilst we've been away. There we go. Excuse me, as I just have to scroll through several Word documents trying to go, where am I? What am I doing? <laughs> so... Um, as you have been told, you are now in the land of Nomadia. Um, you will be able to grab a party if you're not together, because, I mean, the way you were lying and things like that, it didn't look like you were a group. Um, but um, in the mission room, you'll be able to grab yourself a mission card, and you'll be able to get points for yourself, essentially, as a group. And you'll be able to then, uh, you know, make yourself uh, the heroes of the realm, and then, you know, once you've become the heroes of the realm, you'll be able to go on and take on the dark evil that he's put into the world. Not really sure where it is, I just know that um, there's, there's, there's something afoot. Any questions thus far? So this is where I go to become an adventurer? Aye, little one, you, you you come this way, I'll make you an adventure, it'll be very good. And you can take on these three here, or you can take on some fancy ones in there, you know, go make your own little party, and you can go off and wander down the roads and save the world as you like. Um, but yes, uh, this way, if you will. And she'll fly behind him. Excellent. And he starts trudging over towards mm -hmm. this. Uh, for for a description of it, it looks like someone's taken one of the Eden Project uh, domes and shrunk it down to almost like a tent <laughs> size. Um, it sits rather weirdly against the backdrop of this gothic building behind it. Um, 
Um, he again, he just starts talking if nobody says says anything. And yes, like I say, if you're looking around and you find yourself talking to someone who's either I undead or B, uh, you know, um, construct and gestures towards Dizzy, then you'll have a problem here because they shouldn't be here unless they've been put here by Brendelwick. Because ghosts and that lot don't have souls technically, so they can't come into the Nomadia place unless they've been placed here because everything has been placed here by Brendelwick. Don't understand it, just been told to tell people. Right? Very good. Um, any questions? Any questions? Um, well, if nobody else is going to ask the obvious, where's the exit? Ah, so here's the game. If you want to leave Nomadia, you can do it two ways. You can either be vanquished by the Great Evil, but you'd need to know where that is, obviously, and we don't know where that is. In, uh, the, anyway, um, or you can uh, you can choose to leave by having a chat with myself or uh, one of the the team in the uh, in the in the the, the 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 dome and stuff like that. Um, obviously. Right now, you might be thinking, this isn't what I wanted to do. Maybe test it out for yourself. If you don't want to stay, have a day and see how it goes. But also, if you want to leave right now, I can sort that out for you. It just, it might take a couple of hours to, you know, message through to Brendelwick. Tell him you've got to get kicked out. Um, people can't die in Nomadia at the moment, unless they're a bad guy. They die in here, um, and then they're vanquished and they're removed from the game, if you will. Um, whereas if you... Uh, yeah, I, I, um, mm, mm, you... Hmm? Said that a couple of times now, haven't you? What's that? Game. Oh, it's kind of a game, isn't it? You, if you think of it like a game, then it makes it easier to con the game. You know what I'm speaking about, Elgniv. You can always learn the cons and the the. Uh, <laughs> uh, never. I don't need cons. I'm not like you. I have skill. However, maybe I was being hasty. If this is a game, that means there's a prize. Though. Oh yes, the biggest prize. You're going to be replacing the world splitters if you, uh, if you, uh, you know, you get the deeds to Caradun Hall back in the real world and you, you, you become, like, famous across the land. You're basically replacing the world splitters as the new heroes. Not overly fussed about that, but if it's a game... There are also other prizes to be won. And you've got me. Excellent. <laughs> it sounds like a game show host is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just adjust your shoulder here and adjust your shoulder here. We don't know why we do it. We just fucking do. Um, anyway, um, so as you trudge along, um, he explains the following bits of information that I just want to make sure you guys have and I don't blitz over in his ridiculous, um, stupid, fast talking. Um, so you're in a world known as Nomadia, as was already said. Um, which is a copy, a carbon copy of the world of Cordelia. Um, there, there are only constructs and undead that have been placed here uh, in the world by Brendelwick because the soul is what needs to be transported into this area. Um, you cannot die whilst here. Um, what will happen is um, if you hit in a, in a, we'll we'll get more detail into it when it happens, but there is essentially a a point you system. mean if, right? If. Yes. If. <laughs> if it happens. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so, if you were to hit three failed death saves or something auto-kills you sort of thing with the automatic amount of hit points that need to kill you, um, you will suffer a mark against your score points. That'll be ex explained as you walk into the mission room briefly. Um, you you'll be setting yourselves up as a party and that party will then be going off into the world to complete missions. You get missions from the Heroes Guild that's been set up here at Caradoon Hall. Uh, da -da 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 -da. Make sure I've got every piece of information that you lot need to know. The other bit that will be said is one of you will be handed a monocle of detection. Um, when when you set up your team, uh, the leader or whoever wants to be uh, in charge of it uh, will ha be handed a monocle that essentially allows you to see the scroll that is floating above each of the members of the challenge or game's head. Um, it'll have their name, the party they are part of, the number of deaths they have had, 
the number of deaths the party has had, and a couple of other pieces of information that lead towards their score. Um, da -da 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 -da. Nice. Nice. Do, do you remember that part where I said that we are doing Ready Player One as a campaign? I've tried mm. my hardest. <laughs> it's a lot less on the nose than I did. There was going to be an Oasis drink that you could drink, and uh, you woke up in a new world. Um, anyway. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Oasis were going to sue us if I did it, that's why. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> shut up, Alexa. <laughs> I can hear her background, that's amazing. I need to make a Warforged called Alexa. Um, anyway. Who's so, saying the name again? Stop summoning in? her. <laughs> I have summoned lesser demon. Anyway. Um, uh, right. So, yeah, as you guys are walking, he explains these bits of information. Um, he also explains, and this is the bit where I said this at the beginning of the episode, they're working on some team bonding areas of the building around Yay. the hall, so you'll be able to do things at the camp and like do, like, do stuff that isn't just going out and doing missions uh, when you return. Their first two bits that they're working on are a reward slash gift shop and a laser tag. Yes! I said the two words. I had a yes. I don't know if that was the gift shop or the laser tag. I, I mean, I was already excited when you said gift shop, and then you said laser tag. Yeah, the the I'm I'm. You've said gift shop to me, which makes yeah. me assume that like I can cash in some stuff. I mean, I I will by all means I will earn uh, tokens from playing laser tag to then <laughs> put mm -hmm. into the thing. This is this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> This is why I'm expecting this campaign to be at least 150 episodes long, because a hundred of them are spent playing laser tag. <laughs> There's yes. no story. I'm just covering over the story loss by making you play laser tag. Anyway, um, uh, and we'll be putting the rules for these things up on our website so you guys can play it too. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway. Um, so yes, any questions off the information that has been given to you thus far about the world, the kind of premise of what's going on, uh, and the premise of currently the campaign, if you will. Uh, not at the minute. To make sense so far. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Ian is just nodding along and going along with it. Nothing's really occurred to him to question yet. Excellent. Um, and I will say, just uh, as I mentioned this earlier, I did research and found out that technically a, uh, a, warfor a Warforge doesn't count as a construct, it's counted as a humanoid because they are living, yeah. so therefore they would fall under the charm thing, even though I think, if I remember rightly, constructs have... Uh, I've got his notes here, double check, is he immune? No, just magical sleep, like yep. you two. Um, so yes. And they can be healed by actual healing magic, not from... Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So, um, as we uh, as we come towards the final moments of our episode, uh, because um, I'm I'm aware that I don't want to set up anything too big, but also, um, well, you enter the mission room, and entering the dome-like structure, you find yourselves looking at what would be best described as a smaller version of the Eden Project domes. Cheers, Steve. You said that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> The walling looks like hexa hexagonal meshing of opaque plastic sheeting with white tubing connecting each segment with black joints. The centre of the room holds the biggest feature of the room, the battle map. A circular table with an intricate diorama of Bowerheath, uh, Hammerreach and the Pendlerun Isles nearly falling off the waterfalling edge. Think of the map from t the map table from Fable 1 and you're halfway there. Um, mm. Eight different coloured mots of energy appear to be spanning out from your current location around Caradoon Hall. Also in the room is a large wooden plank floating to the north of the table. Scored into the side facing the room at large is a scoreboard with ten positions, though only yeah. eight appear to have teams allocated. To the east of the table and your entrance are four figures standing in front of a familiar notice board similar to those that are seen around Bowerheath where locals can request aid for their issues. There is a tiefling, another gnome, a, uh, a tabaxi, and let me just pull up my other sheet. Here is in the room. I'll do the bit more. Ah, I forgot I changed this. 
Steve, you idiot. So there's a tiefling, about five foot eight, very austere clothing, trench coat, tailored shirt, adventuring outfit, straps fitting every inch of him. Mm. Um, Elgnib, you recognize this as the tiefling from uh, from Millie's, who uh, rather stubbornly left the table uh, and wasn't too happy with uh, the way his game was going. Um, he has a rapier on his, uh, on his hip and a pistol strapped against his calf. Um, there is, he has uh, red skin, um, kind of darkish brown horns that go back in a very Kunari fashion. Um, there is a tabaxi who has black fur, uh, looks like a bipedal panther, five foot eleven, verdant green eyes, wearing attire more akin to a ranger than a rogue, with a dark green hooded cowl that drapes her shoulders. Simple leather armor protects the larger mass of her frame and has a bow hanging from her shoulder with a run of daggers lining her belt. Next to her, the, the character I forgot about, <laughs> next to her is a Loxodon. <laughs> because I can't stop. This one isn't a half-orc, I promise. Um, you see a seven-foot-six tan-brown-skinned bipedal elephant. Their tusks are tired, yellow-coloured, uh, they are wearing simple traveller's clothes and a rather large pointy hat. They're very fond of their hat. Um, it is. It looks to be purple and velvet uh, with golden stars stitched across it. Um, and at one point you're sure there's the word wizard written across it somewhere. Oh, wizard, aren't they? Just in case the hat didn't give it away. <laughs> and finally, my favourite character. Um, you, have a, uh, you have another gnome who is resplendent in um, in scale mail armor. Um, he is uh, he's wearing bawdy kind of oranges and yellows and golds in his armor that uh, shows his allegiance to his deity, Frost Cleaver, the Lava Dragon. Um, he uh, he has a very tired and heavy uh, tired heavy look in his face. Looks like he's wearing heavy heavy eyeshadow. His hair and beard are cropped short with patches of grey in the dark browns. Um, these four are currently having a conversation just as uh, the tiefling uh, takes one of the two remaining parchments off the uh, off the board that is what they're stood next to. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, anything else I had to say? Um, there is a golden monocle that hangs behind the, uh, the parchment on the peg, which he then takes... Um, and places to his left eye, his face then lights up with a look of wonder. Excuse me. What do you guys want to do? Oh. That's a loaded question. Hmm. <laughs> she'd be too excitable to actually be able to do anything. Like, everything is just... A wonder to her. You know, like when Charlie first walk, walks into the sweet shop. Mm. <laughs> no, that's, yes. fine. that's what she's gonna be like because she's never left her tree. For <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, the other two of you, is there anything you'd like to do? Ian would like to walk up to whoever looks like the most senior person in the room. Um, you know. He's not that brave, but he's putting on a show of being brave. Um, there's, um, so I don't, I don't know who looks like the most senior person in the room. So, but. in terms of people with knowledge, you can see that the gnome, Old Bialy, who's been leading you here, seems to be kind of fairly clued up on things. In terms of demeanor, I would say that the tiefling seems to look like he owns the room, just because of his, right. his uh, bravado. Um... <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes. Right, choosing between them two, he's going to go up to old Bialy, seeing as he's been doing most of the talking, it makes more sense. Okay. Um, want to sign up on a party. Uh, I don't know anyone. That, that's fine. I do Excellent, not a problem. Well, that's why I brought you here. You can have a chat with the four here if they, they, they seem to be having a chat about things, uh, as I say, whilst I was leaving. One with the points, and he points towards... Uh, uh, the the tiefling, 
Um, he was being quite bossy, so I don't know if he's kind of setting up a lead or something like that. But um, uh, and he's not saying this quietly, so it can be heard in the room yeah. at large. Yeah, he seems to be quite bossy, so I'm assuming he can. He's been doing some stuff whilst we've been away. But also, you know, if you want to take on any of these uh, other lots, you've got your fancy mechanical thing that you've got. Hello, fella. Um, does he just nods and tips, tries to tip his hat, and then realizes it's welded? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so yes what will happen is um between the eight of you you've got to decide if you're going to be one whole party if you're going to be two separate parties are going to be three parties uh, and obviously it'll be updated on the boards behind you and he points towards the board which again as i say currently has eight uh places that have teams next to them um you can see a list of it shows let me just pull this back up apologies doo, 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 doo. So there's eight spaces that have team names next to them. Two at the bottom currently have none. You imagine um, that it, there's going to be a way that they add more spaces if needed, um, if you take more than two teams from now. But uh, it seems to show the number of members and the current score. All teams have zero points at the moment. Oh, okay. Um... I, w- I want to be in a party with him. And he points at Elmib. A, a very fine choice. Because he seems to know a lot. Yeah. Oh, Elmib's very clever. Um, he, uh, he, the only time I could say he's not clever is when I've tried to give him some business. <laughs> what do you think, eh, Elmib? <laughs> Again, Ian is laughing, but he doesn't really know what he's laughing at. <laughs> a very awkward way of going along with things. Is Elgnib able to hear this going on? Yes. Uh, it's quite a... It's very... Uh, there's not a lot that could absorb sound in here, so any conversation that's been had in here, unless they're being very hushed, would be when you uh, when you wouldn't be able to hear them as such. So you can hear these two having the conversation... Uh, and the other four that were in here have kind of gone quiet with the entrance of your four. Um, so... Sorry, I didn't catch your name. Um... He's talking to you, Scales. And that's Dizzy. Uh, That's what I said, Ian and, and Dizzy. Ian, Dizzy. Wonderful. What are your skills? What do you What do you do? Um, I'm really good at uh, reading. And, um, defense, the big stick. Um, and uh, and and. Oh, I can do this. And he demonstrates, in a very small way, breath weapon. So not <laughs> enough to actually hit anybody or damage anything, but just, like, tiny bit. So, Ian, you start to look around the room and go, how can I show this? How can I show this? And you see a potted plant on one side of the room, and you go, yes. right, that potted plant has had it. <laughs> and yes. you... You cast Breath Weapon at it, and now there is a beautiful crystalline, icy figure of this old potted plant that was in the corner, as you've now just killed the druid that was suffering from Wild Magic Surge while then. Um, (laughs) I was about to say wow, and then a part of me died inside. I was like, the minute he went potted plant, I was like, oh god, no, that's a person, that's a person. One of the spaces starts to have a scrolling number next to the scoreboard. Um, but yeah, I, I demonstrate it proudly, like point at it. I don't know, I've killed it. And um, I'd be like, I could do that, but on a, a bigger scale. Come on. I don't, I don't just do it. But I can. That, that seems uh, fine. I assume your friend here is uh, somewhat sturdy. Dizzy can punch things yes. and slice. <clears throat> Ian nods proudly and just like knocks on his chest like I Yeah yeah. Oh you just hear like dung 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 <laughs> Um at Charming. this point I 
I'd flitter over and be like, and I can, and I can make really big boom noises, and I can, I can heal people, and I can sometimes turn into wild animals, and and I have, I have a whip that I can, that has spiky things. And she'll just grin, really ecstatically, because she's so proud of herself. I'm sure you can do those things. And I guess, quite frankly, we probably don't want anyone squashing you, so you're probably safest with the construct there. Sorry, um, Dizzy. Yes. Dizzy. It's fine. Dizzy, nice. My name is Alaria. <laughs> I, mean... I like the idea that Dizzy just reaches out and grabs your hand with his, like, thumb and forefinger, <laughs> just shakes <laughs> you in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> well, I guess that's that then. Uh, Bialy, sign us up, would you? Oh, in very fine. Um, I can see there's only one mission left on the board, so if you want to go grab that and get yourself the monocle behind it, I'll go talk to the other four and get them squared away. Um, and 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 yeah, we'll uh, we'll send you off in your first mission, see how things are going. Excellent. And Bialy turns around with a flick of his tail coat. Um, and starts to walk over to the uh, the other four in the room. Uh, go and grab that uh, monocle and quest. Excellent. And that will be handed to you at the beginning of our next episode <laughs> of 16 Candle Cubes! Yeah! Woo! Camping Camp 2! Two. Two. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> the, the camping... Um, <laughs> campaign with a vengeance uh, anyway um, campaign harder attack of the campaign <laughs> what, what was episode 5 I can't remember um, anyway um, yes thank you very much for listening all um, we're going to go uh, in real time we're going to go have some some, some breathing space and uh, We'll we'll see you next week for another episode of Sixteen Candle Keeps. And rather than saying it weirdly like I've been doing in the prologues, all that want to say bye, say bye. Bye. Oh yeah, that's us. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Sixteen Candle Keeps. Your players were Emma Bamford as Ian, Jade Liam Pierce as Ilaria Lunala, and Liam Thornton as Alknib Hyadelsine. DM was Steve Archer. Background music was performed by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com. Other background music was performed by the cast of Bombarded Cast and can be found at bombarded.bandcamp.com. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.